You're listening to Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World with Father Anthony Mesa, where we explore ways to encourage and equip the local Orthodox Church. Let's get started. Welcome back to Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World podcast. I am Katie Karras, and I'm here with Father Anthony. How are you, Father Anthony? Good, Katie. How are you doing? I am good. This is kind of a weird time. Um, so how are you really doing? What? How are you doing in all of this quarantine and everything going on? What is your new normal looking like? I mean, I keep telling my kids that this is, this is truly once in a lifetime. This is, this is not something that I think we'll ever see again. Uh, obviously, we've never seen anything like it before, and I don't think we'll ever see it again. So we, we are trying to do is we're trying to take advantage of it um, and make the best of it. Um, and it's definitely been challenging. Um, as you know, Katie, I'm like very much into structure. But uh, so this has obviously posed some challenges with all of us at home. But the new normal um, is a lot more family time, uh, a lot more focusing for me, especially on like quality um, in terms of I don't see a million people a week, but I try to connect with people at a quality level. So no complaints here. No complaints. Thank God. Good. Um, and how was your Holy Week? It feels like a million years ago now, but uh, how did it go for you? So Holy Week was um, definitely one of the, the best things to come out of this quarantine. And I'll be honest, before when we were in Lent um, and we were, you know, stopped church for so long. All I was thinking was, it's okay. We're going to be back in church for Holy Week and we're going to be there for Easter. We're going to be there for Good Friday. And I couldn't envision a Holy Week in Easter. Um, outside of the church. And of course, obviously that didn't happen. And um, at first I started to think, am I disappointed? But then I said, you know what? God knows what he's doing. Okay, God would never um, put us in a situation where we can't you know, get closer to him or we can't worship him as he deserves to be worshiped. So once that attitude changed in my mind, I said, this is gonna be the best Holy Week ever. And I kept saying that to, um, to our people. It, it truly was. And it, and it was so inspirational for so many people tell me this was the first Holy Week we attended every service start to finish. And services we never even heard of, like some people have never heard of a last Friday of Lent. Some people have never heard of a bright Saturday. So it was so inspirational. And honestly, for me, it was an exhausting week, but it, it, was, it was fulfilling for me on many levels, like personally fulfilling, um, because without, you know, all the people and um, there's a lot less distraction. And it was also fulfilling for me to know that so many people were participating in these services for the first time, for the first time in a quality time, or the moms who didn't have to worry about their kids running around church could just put their kid in the crib and just worship. And I know like our services, we streamed them live, but they were also like, you could get them later on demand. So someone could come in, you know, a half hour later and go back to the beginning um, and stream. So for me, it was the absolute best. And um I, I, I truly believe, again, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, it, it was such a transformative Holy Week for me and for so many others. I agree. I agree completely. It was a very special week. And as the mother of a young toddler, um, I appreciated not having to chase mm -hmm. after her around the church. Instead, I chased after her in my house, which um, mm -hmm. was more comfortable for everybody. It really showed that it's about our attitude. Because once we, we flipped the switch and everyone said, you know what? this can be a great Holy Week inside my home. I can put my kid over there. I don't have to fight for traffic. Um, once we flip that switch in our mind, man, oh man, it really opened the doors to God working mightily. Perspective is definitely one of my biggest takeaways from the week, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So let's get back to the pandemic. Um, <laughs> there's no avoiding it. This is kind of where we are. Um, but you mentioned something to us as a staff a while ago about um, kind of the different phases we're going through as churches um, and that things have kind of shifted over the course of the last couple months and um, how we're kind of post Holy Week entering this new phase. Can you talk a little bit about those phases that you were mentioning? Yeah, for sure. So when this thing first hit, um, which was like, you know, beginning of March, mid-March, it was about halfway through Lent. For us, our last service was March 8th. And I know most churches were probably a week later, but for us, it was March 8th. Us, like every other church, went in immediate into immediate like triage mode, which is what do we do and how do we provide services and how do we, you know, do something for our people so that they don't feel, or the big thing that I kept saying over and over is, canceling a church service doesn't mean canceling God, doesn't mean canceling Lent, okay? So we had to, to scramble to try to find a way, how could we nourish our people and feed our people and make everyone feel connected? Because that's kind of the, 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 the fear is that, you know, oh my goodness, the world is ending and it's kind of every man for himself on an island. So what we did, and I'm sure most churches did the same thing, is scramble to do whatever we can online, bring people together, encourage people, say, you know what, we're going to get through this thing. And that was, that was the period of Lent. And all through Lent, we were not thinking past it. We were thinking that by Holy Week, everything would be okay, but obviously it wasn't. So then we shifted our attention to Holy Week. But just before Holy Week, we, we made a decision. And, and that really came as, as like a revelation from God where I felt God telling me that, you know what, if our mission is to bring an ancient faith to a modern world, this shouldn't change that. So what we felt is, you know what, at the beginning, we were focus very much pastorally and how do we protect our people and shepherd our people and make sure our people are taken care of. And I absolutely think that was the right decision. That's the first thing that you got to do. But then once we kind of, you know, we moved past that phase and realized this is going to be here for a while, what we need to do is put things in, in place for our congregation pastorally, but then we need to think evangelism as well. Okay. Because we're, that, that's who we are and our mission, the world, and we put this on our website, the world may have changed, but our mission hasn't. So our mission is still to bring an ancient faith to a modern world, obviously using different means. Okay, the world is not the same. And that's kind of the point of our mission is that whatever the world looks like, it's our job to do our best to bring the ancient faith to it. So we made a shift and we said that we need to focus just as much on evangelism as we are pastorally. And really the shift happened. There was one Sunday that Father Timothy was giving the well. So on that Sunday, I was just sitting at home watching, you know, like everyone else. And um, of course, as our, our staff knows, that, that sometimes the worst thing is when I'm just sitting home watching, because they usually come back with all kinds of ideas, because when I'm sitting in that seat, you know, see things from a different perspective. And it hit me because our, our you know, our service begins at 11. And we finished up our, our home prayers at about 1030. So it was about half hour. So I was like, you know, I get the YouTube set up. And I said, let me go see what other churches are doing. Then it hit me. Every person in America or in the world, to be honest, on Sunday morning is going to do exactly that. Go to their computer and say, let me just check out churches. So I said to myself, what an opportunity. We have an opportunity of a lifetime here that usually you have to live in the D.C. metropolitan area to visit our church or to buy a plane ticket. But now we have people on the other side of the world who can visit us without any barriers. And it's never been easier. I told this to our congregation. A lot of things are more difficult to do during this pandemic. But one thing that is not, one thing that is a lot easier is to invite someone to church. It's just sending a link. 
There's no cost to it. So that's when it hit me. I said, you know what? No, this is an opportunity that we have to approach with that kind of evangelism mindset. So the real shift, okay, in the beginning was kind of like a triage phase. And like, we got to just get through. And then we, we realized, you know what? We can do this. And Holy Week was a huge step. We took care of our people. Our people felt, you know what? Like, we can do this. We can take some spiritual burden on ourselves. Now, let's look outside. And let's see how we can use this as an opportunity. Because what we're all realizing, and we realize this again just before Holy Week, is this thing is probably going to be around for a while. So, you know, it's time for us to get comfy here and figure out how we can continue our mission as opposed to stopping it. So we are officially in the next phase. Yes, absolutely. We are in the next phase. And I would say that this phase, you know, we don't know how long it's going to last. And I don't follow the news reports, but, you know, what we kind of discussed together. So Lent was kind of a phase. Okay. And like I said, that was really focused internally. And then Holy Week was its own, you know, uh, monster, which, which took all the attention. And now we're kind of looking at things in terms of May and June. Okay, we don't know where we're going to be in, in, in by the end of June, but we're, we're starting to make plans, not so much for the immediate short term. That's where we were at the beginning. What can we do this week? What can we do next week? Now we're starting to look at a little bit long term. And what we're realizing is, is that while at the beginning, everyone had so much free time, people don't really have as much free time as we think we do. Okay, because we're realizing that working from home, one of the problems is the work is always there. People are starting to settle in. So we need to focus less on the quantity and more on the quality. And, and we also want to focus, like I said, in evangelism. And we want to take our, our, our Sunday morning um, production okay, up a notch. And that's why we started adding new elements. And before, it was just basically me giving a talk, or Father Timothy giving a talk. But we've added some, some other elements back into it because, again, we're probably going to be here for a while. So we're approaching this like May and June. Probably when we get to like second week of June, when the governor's order officially ends, um, then we'll reassess and see, do we start to plan for July, August, September at that point, or where do we go from there? So what would be your recommendation to church leaders who um, are interested in, in this perspective and in kind of shifting their missions or visions? And what would you recommend that they kind of do next? I would say you get together with your leadership team. And you think how we can use this as an opportunity. And, and for us, like I said, we immediately thought evangelism. That's our opportunity. But there's also opportunities within your church. How can we use this to deepen people's connection? So instead of just kind of throw our hands up and say, it stinks, people don't see each other, for sure. But there's opportunities to do things that we couldn't have done before. One of the things, for example, we encourage our congregation members to do is on Easter Sunday, everyone make two phone calls. Just something as simple as that. You'd be surprised the number of people who just got random phone calls and just the, deep, the depth of connection that, that that can create, okay? Because that's something that you probably wouldn't do during normal operations. Um, maybe, like I said, you can think, how can we use this as an opportunity to reach out to our community? Maybe this is a good time for your church to do something for the local community, whether it's build masks and or make masks and, 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 and give them out. Or one of the things that you know we're doing is we have been working with um, one of the school systems here doing a mentor program, like a big brother, big sister kind of a thing. Um, but obviously that got shut down when the schools got shut down. But what became the need was getting those kids food because they relied on the schools to provide food. So boom, we shifted into that. So I would say, think of it in terms of an opportunity. In the beginning, like I said, we were all just waiting for it to go away. 
kind of thinking short term. I think at this point, we realize it's not going to go away anytime soon. We need to kind of accept this new normal. And even when we do go back, whenever that may be, I don't think the world is, is, going, to, is going to just, I was always hoping that it would just be like a, like a switch or like a you know, declaration from above. All clear, go back to normal. But the more and more you look at it, it looks like the world's probably not going to go back to normal. So let's embrace it. And let's not kind of pout and, and put our heads down. And let's see what we can do now that we couldn't have done before. That's great. And, and what do you think that means um, for church members? And how do, how do you think that they kind of feed into this vision and um, shift in perspective to evangelism? So that was the best thing we talked about Holy Week earlier. That was the best thing is members of the church. Those who approached Holy Week and said, you know what? Father Anthony's right. We don't need to be in church to have the best Holy Week. We can have the best Holy Week here. We can make an altar at home. We can get our icons. We can do this. We don't have deacons to lead us, but we can do it. Those are the people who have the best Holy Week ever. And I'm sure there's others out there who said, you know what? It stinks. I don't know the hymns. I don't know. I don't want to do it by myself. So I, I think the message to the members of the church is that oftentimes we relied on the church as a crutch. And we, we were, it's the old adage of give a man a fish, he eats for a day and teach him how to fish, he eats for a life. So what I'm praying and I'm hoping is that if everyone takes ownership of their spiritual lives and says, you know what, I can do this. You know, if I'm a dad and I have a wife and two kids, I, I, can, I can be the priest of the house. Like I can lead the prayers. I can figure out the midnight praises. Like I, I can get my family to read the Bible and do our own Bible study. Like I can figure this out. If everyone takes that ownership and says, I can do this. Then when we come back to the church together, we won't come back in the same way that we left. We will come back as people who the church will take us to the next level. Okay, we're not waiting for the church to give us fish. All right, we're waiting for the church to put us all together and take us to the next level or next, um, a deeper level. So the message to the members is, is you can do it. Okay, God would never put you in a position where you can't grow deeper and grow more spiritually. So it stinks that we're not all together, but there's opportunities for you to grow and to do things that you would have probably never done on your own, but God has given you the opportunity now. Absolutely. And I think that um, it's a great opportunity for our members to lead the charge in evangelism by sharing resources online and um, talking with their friends and family across the world about what we're doing as a Mm -hmm. church. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why do you think now is the right time to put our energy into evangelism? As I mentioned earlier, it's never been easier. We always talk about in our church, we define evangelism as inviting someone to church. It doesn't mean necessarily preaching to them, but just inviting someone to church. We feel like that's the easiest thing. Um, And if we love our church, you know, we invite, like if I found a a TV show that I like, I tell people I like this TV show. So if I love my church, I tell people about my church. It's awkward sometimes to invite someone because you don't know how they're going to react. You know, you don't know what, you know, they, someone may sit next to them and ask them something funny, or it may be difficult for them, you know, to, to understand what's happening, or they may live far, or, you know, there's, there's a myriad of, of reasons of why you feel like, I don't know if I can invite someone to church, but when it's online, I mean, it's never been easier. It's sending them a link. And I'm telling you, if they're a Christian, they are probably on Sunday morning doing just like I did. I wonder what other churches are doing. And I just went online. I just went on YouTube and I searched some churches I know. And then I got some suggestions of other churches. So I'm saying it's never been easier. All it takes is click a link. So I think 
that again, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And if our, our mission is evangelism, then that has to continue. That can't change. The pandemic cannot change the mission of the church. Jesus said that even the gates of Hades cannot prevail against the mission of the church. So how can a pandemic? Again, it'll change the way we do the mission, but you know what? That's the way it's always been in church history. Church history has faced much hard, more, more challenging things than pandemics. They faced persecution, right? They, they faced all kinds of evil empires, the Roman Empire and, and so many empires after that. And the church found a way. The church found a way to survive, not just that, but to spread. Like in the book of Acts, okay, where the persecution hit, so the believers started to spread. And along the way, they spread the gospel. So the persecution, which caused them all to flee, was actually a means that the gospel spread. Who knows? Maybe this pandemic will be a means that the gospel spreads as well. Maybe more people who would never think to visit an Orthodox church, maybe they'll click a link. Maybe they'll get engaged. That's actually why, as you know, Katie, you know, we, we plan our, our, our well series. We plan it from like the summer. So we had a plan for what we would be doing now after Easter. And when this pandemic hit, I mean, we pivoted from that plan. We shifted. We said, no, this is an opportunity. So we're doing a series right now for those who are following along. It's called After the Resurrection, and it's talking about the sacramental life of the church. Because what we said is there's so many people who are going to be tuning in who may never attend an Orthodox church, and they may be wondering, like, what is Orthodox? What does that mean? So we wanted to, to capitalize on this opportunity. So we, we shifted gears, and we went into full evangelism mode. And I think if other churches okay, think in terms of this is an opportunity that will never come again, okay? How can we take advantage of it? And again, it may be on a pastoral level, maybe a community service level, maybe evangelism level, but I, I, I don't want to squander the gift that God has given to us in this opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the timing wasn't planned, but um, we actually have a new resource releasing soon uh, on STSA Ministries on creating and cultivating a welcoming environment on mm. Sundays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that resource is specific to, um, to a physical environment, but can you tell us a little bit more about that and why leaders might want to take a look at that now in this environment? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the timing is, you know, not as we planned, okay, but I actually think the timing is perfect because I think this is a great time for all of us as church leaders to take a step back and kind of take a look at our services and maybe now is the time when we're in the, in the middle of the Sunday to Sunday rush, we don't have time, but now's the time maybe we can step back and we can plan. And again, we're, again, with our ministries and our teams, things aren't stopping. You know, ministry teams are still meeting, they're still discussing, they're still coming up with plans. So maybe this is a great time for other churches, you and your team, that you take a chance to step back and say, what is our Sunday environment like? Okay, a minute ago, I said inviting people to church and I said there's all these obstacles. Well, what can we address of those? What we have in this in this resource, um, Katie, is 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 about how we work on our welcoming environment every Sunday, and kind of the 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 plan that goes into it on our end, kind of behind the scenes. And so many people, when they come to visit STSA, they say you have such a welcoming church and such a friendly church and such an organized church. And of course, I just smile and say thank you so much. You know, the volunteers they're great, and they are. I mean that. But what I, what, I, what I don't say to them, but I'll say to you who are listening to this, is that's very intentional. That's not haphazard. If you're being organized on a Sunday, a lot of stuff goes into that behind the scenes. And I feel like sometimes people just say, like, you just happen to be organized, or your people just happen to be welcoming. 
or your ushers just happen to get people in line. And I don't, nothing just happens in the church. So we having this resource is kind of what we do on the back end behind, you know, when you pull the curtain back and it's how we help, we welcome people. Okay. Our connection team, other churches may call greeters. Um, It's our hospitality team, which as the name implies is not just to serve coffee and bananas. Okay. It's to create a hospitable environment, how we do that. It's how we usher. Okay. During the liturgical services to keep people orderly and help people find seats and things like that. So I, I, I think this is a great resource that you and your team can take a look at and just take a, a step back and say, you know, where are we as a church? Again, this thing is going to end. And people are going to come back to church, but let, let's hope that when they come back, that we, we're a little bit better. Okay. Our church should be a little bit better and we should have grown in some way. And hopefully, like I said, use this time to, to improve in some aspect. Absolutely. And those are also three uh, of the most popular teams at our church because of all the things that you mentioned, and also such unique ways for um, volunteers to get involved in less traditional ways um, in the church. So awesome resource, and we can't wait to release that. Any other resources or things you wanted to share today, Father Anthony, with everybody? I mean, I'll just point everyone again to our our webpage. We keep telling people is stsaministries.org. We created that site to be a one-stop shop of all the resources that we can put together and we're providing everything for free. And that's kind of every time we come up with something that we feel is something we want to share, we put it on that page. So make sure you go and subscribe, join the email list. We'll just put some information there about uh, groups and how you can do groups both in person when this finishes, but also online. We're running groups online. We created a resource for how you can do that in your church. I think that's a great way again, help people feel connected during this time. So make sure you go to stsaministries.org and sign up for the mailing list so you can be the first to know when a new resource comes out. Definitely. And and I'll just add, if there are resources that people are curious about or things that STSA is doing that you'd like more information on, you can go to that website, stsaministries.org and go down to the contact us button and just shoot us an email and let us know um, what would be helpful and um, if there's anything else that you'd like to see. And, and we have our team constantly working, we're constantly updating and pulling resources together. So we're open to all ideas, any and all ideas. Our team doesn't take off for pandemics. Our team is working. So send them the ideas, okay, and put them to work. Definitely. Thank you, Father Anthony, for joining me today. And we'll talk to you all soon. For more great resources for Orthodox leaders, check out stsaministries.org.